Welcome to the A Day at DPL podcast. In this episode, learn about a new and innovative asset allocation strategy for RIAs, the Avantis Barclays Volatility Control Index, available now through the Security Benefit Clearline FIA. DPL's David Lau interviews the designer of this accumulation option, Eduardo Repetto of Avantis Investors, and president of Security Benefit Life Insurance Company, Doug Wolf. So today we've got a bit of a different format. We've got a couple of guests that we're talking to on on the podcast uh, today. We've got Doug Wolf from Security Benefit and Eduardo Repetto from Avantis Investors. And we're going to be talking about a new index that Avantis has built that's going to be available in the Clearline fixed index annuity that we've created jointly with Security Benefit. But before we get into that, we're going to hear a little bit from each of them about how we put this together, what we were thinking about, what are some of the challenges that advisors are facing and you know how this was designed to help advisors meet their client needs a little better. But before we dive into it, you know, I'll let each of them just give a quick intro. Thanks, Dave. So Doug Wolf, the president of Security Benefit, and we've been working closely together with, with Dave and the crew from DPL for several years now, right from the inception. And um, we really believe that that uh, the registered investment advisor channel and the fee-only registered investment advisor channel is great future in terms of use of annuity and insurance product and historically has been gross under users of the products. So we see a huge win-win growth for us and tool sets made available, products made available, solutions made available to the registered investment advisor that they have typically not used in the past with their clients and that we think are more important than ever in this low interest rate, long living, as longevity increases and interest rates are low, it's a perfect environment for some of the things that we can jointly come up with and make available through your platform. Yeah, and it's great. The partnership's been really good. One of the great things about security benefit is that you know, they built products from the ground up for RAs, not kind of adapted some commission-based products into, you know, let's make this just fee only and bring it to RAs. They've been specifically built to address needs that the RAs have. And Eduardo, you've got you know a long history of working with RAs and and you know from the investment side more more so than the insurance side. And why don't you just give a quick intro? Yeah, my name is Eduardo Repeto. Um, I Chief Investment Officer of Avantis Investor. Avantis Investor was founded in 2019. Uh, we work with uh, institutions, uh, and financial advisors and brokers, wealth managers in general. We started from no assets in 2019, and now we are in 2022. Starting in 2022, where we are very close to 10 billion. We work with around 1,200 advisory firms. So yes, advisors, we know advisors for a long time. Before that, uh, I work at DFA, Dimensional Fund Advisors. I was co-CEO, CRO, and have tons of friends and, um, and clients in the financial advisory community. This project that we are bringing together is is really, really cool to me because I always think about the end investor and how the advisor helps the end investor. We have been hearing from advisors the challenges that the current fixed income environment presents to them. So we are not scared of embracing new technologies. And we found out that using FIAs, fixed index annuities, we could deliver something that 
can be very beneficial for advisors as a fixing income replacement. And we are very excited about doing this together with security benefits and DPL. Yeah, we're excited about the partnership as well. So it's it's been a little time in the making, but I remember you know, the first conversations you know we had were talking about a fixed index annuity, which you really weren't very familiar with, you know, at the time. And you know, I just kind of explained the structure and kind of how it worked, and um, and I think you used the same words. This is cool. Yeah. And so this this is kind of a cool structure, and talk about how you th- you thought about you know the the structure and and what you know advantages it kind of you know, gave you relative to just traditional fixed income. Yeah, this is a long baby in the making because it, <laughs> our first conversation with David was in. A, must be December, early December 2019. That's right. And, and now we're going live uh, two years after. Uh, but you know, if you, when you go to market, you want to bring something that is strong and can really add value. So if, if it takes time, it takes time. You just want to be sure you bring something that's useful. And I also spoke with Doug in 2019 um, in Topeka, Kansas. I remember I was in Kansas City and we drove. And I know that it was winter because I know that when I drove from Kansas City to Topeka, it was full of snow and I came back. That's the, the snow when everybody wants the sm- to visit. The snow, was, the, the snow was gone. And I said, what happened here? And, and so, yeah, look, uh, I thought that this this, this structure was very cool for fixing index annuities. And look, the regulatory environment presents us opportunities and challenges. And fixing index annuities uh, present opportunities. And why? Is, I always think about the fixed income component of a portfolio, the, the component that is there to manage the risk of an asset allocation. Something that provides principal protection, attempts mm-hmm. to provide principal protection. But since you're having principal protection, you are giving up some upwards. You don't have the upwards of equity. You have the upwards of bonds, fixed income. And so you have, in a typical, theoretically, you think about a bond as just an instrument that gives you principal protection and a limited upwards, and that limited upwards is driven by the yield. Yeah, the market, the yield, the yield curves in the market, you know, we hear about yields. The challenge that we're facing for several years now, many years, is that yields are low. So the opportunity cost of managing risk in the portfolio is very, very high because mm-hmm. the returns that you get from fixed income is, is, is basically none. No, you consider fees and everything. Uh, you are underwater. You are in the negative territory. Right. And so, yes, it's important to have the fixed income to manage the risk of the overall asset allocation. But at the same time, you want to hopefully do a little bit better than what the yields are there. And there are fixed income solutions that we have that are great. But FIAs, fixed index annuities, allows you to do better. And why is that? Because the structure that fixed index annuities delivers is allows you to have principal protection mm-hmm. and also a limited upwards, not like just full investing in equities, it's limited upwards. But that limited upwards is not linked to the yield curves, to the current yield environment. Mm-hmm. It's yield to a different driver of returns. And what we're putting together is a principal protection with a driver of return that is based on equities. Mm-hmm. And so we are not limited by what the market offers us in yields in fixed income. We change the driver of returns to be an equity driver of returns, so probably you get much better returns. 
Yeah, and, and that's so important because I mean, as we've worked with advisors, you know, what we've seen and heard over the years is that advisors start rationalizing fixed income. Because yields have been so low, the way they talk to their clients about fixed income is it's simply there for protection. They don't even think about the upside, don't even talk about you know, the, the you know, yield you know, relative to fixed income. They're just saying this is the protected you know, risk management portion of your portfolio. And to the point, it's like, have you forgotten it's called fixed income? You know, there's supposed to be this income component to it. And I think, you know, this structure, again, is kind of what you provides, you know, the ability to bring some income or, you know, some return yield back into the fixed income, you know, portion of the, you know, of the uh, portfolio. So, Doug, maybe you can just talk about, you know, for those who aren't really familiar with an FIA, what's the basic structure of an FIA? And so what, what enables, you know, kind of that principal protection and, you know, the, the benefits sure. ultimately? Sure, David. You bring up a good point about the income part, which I'll get to in a minute. But in general, think of a fixed indexed annuity very similar to a fixed annuity, right? And a fixed annuity, very similar to a CD. So um, someone uh, invests a certain amount of money and they're going to get in a CD or a fixed annuity a, a kind of guaranteed interest rate uh, a return on the money that they put in. So in today's environment, let's say that's one and a half percent, right? Um, which is relatively high compared to what you can get in a CD today. But um, in a fixed indexed annuity, uh, it, what we would do is the insurance company, instead of just paying on that $100,000, $1,500 back of the 1.5%, we actually take that 1.5% and we purchase derivatives, usually options, but not always. Uh, we purchase derivatives that can give the client um, some form of a credited rate based on how an index does. So probably the most straightforward and the most that you see out there is the S&P 500. Right. So instead of taking that uh, 1.5% or $1,500 and giving them back into the client's account value, we would buy a call option for the $1,500 and then the client would get uh, the return, just like we do, we get the return on the S&P 500 and we pass it along to the client. The real challenge in this low interest rate environment, and one of the things that's great about this new index and the way that we've set it up, is um, unfortunately with interest rates this low, that one and a half percent doesn't allow us to just buy a call option at the money on the S&P 500 and give the client the annual return of the S&P 500. So what you see out in the industry are things called caps. So you might get the S&P 500 up to a certain cap. How do we do that? We know we have one and a half percent to spend right on the hedge budget on the derivative we might only be able to afford buying a call on the s p 500 but then we have to sell a call say three percent out of the money and that would that would be equivalent to a three percent cap for the end client so um, one of the things we've done with this new index and the way that we've set it up is it's got a target volatility on it and um, the way the mechanics underneath the, the index work, it allows us 
to offer something better than just a you know low cap rate like you might see on an S&P 500 today. And so we think these volatility controlled indexes, and we've been a part of several of them at Security Benefit, uh, and Eduardo can talk a little bit more about the mechanics, but we think it's a way in a low interest rate environment to um, offer more upside to the end client because by capping volatility or keeping volatility at a certain level, uh, we in a sense cap or keep the cost of the, of the derivative that we're buying to a certain level and we can allow more upside uh, for the end client. But the real difference between a fixed in annuity and a fixed indexed annuity is instead of just a straight interest rate back to the client, we buy a derivative and offer them some kind of return based on a stock index or an equity index. Right. So that's you know, that's what we talk about a lot. You, with a fixed index annuity, you basically have two investment options. You've got the fixed account, which would you know pay you that interest rate. You know that that's offered, and I I think within you know Clearline right now, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of you know two point four percent, you know something like that, uh, and then or you've got indices you know that can be available so there might be different strategies you know the one you know, we're introducing you know this new one we've got a couple you know S&P type ind indices but you know Avantis is now you know launching this you know, new index, which we're really excited about. We've never really gotten behind, you know, as a firm, DPL and index before until we, you know, could have one that we thought was built in order to, you know, perform, you know, and, you know, with the best chances of, of performance, not that just illustrated well, you know, which you know, a lot of people can do good back tests, you know, show good, you know, illustrate a good, you know, good return within an index, but we wanted one, you know, built that could, you know, was really designed to perform, not illustrate. So when we started thinking about, you know, who should we have or approach to build it, you know, we wanted somebody, of course, who, you know, had spent lots of time in the RA market, who was, you know, driven at value and low cost, you know, all the things, you know, that we've all done, you know, collectively and independently, you know, throughout our careers. And of course, Eduardo, uh, you know, was a, a natural uh, choice. And so, you know, when you think about, you know, the index, and one of the things I know you've said many times as we've, you know, talked about this to different people is, and this is the way we presented at DPL, we're talking about fixed income replacement. Even though you're looking, you're, you're getting the benefit of equities, right, to help increase the return, this is a fixed income investment. So how do you think about that? And talk a little bit about the strategy. Yeah, so why I think it is a fixed income replacement? Because basically how principal protection. The goal of the contract is principal protection and some upwards. Now, if you want to just capital growth, you have to put more capital at risk and you're not going to have principal protection. You can have the downside and the upside and, and the expected returns is positive, so you have capital growth. But that's the risky part of the portfolio, the growth part of the portfolio. Right. But most investors don't have only just the growth part of the portfolio, the risky part of the portfolio, the equities only. They mix equities with a, with a component of risk management that is in fixed income bonds. Mm -hmm. Now, here we have an alternative. Instead of having bonds, we can have a part of the portfolio in bonds to have full liquidity, but we can have a part of the portfolio in a fixed index annuity. And the beauty is that you achieve your principal protection, but the driver of returns is not yields, like I, as I said before. Mm -hmm. Because if the driver of performance were yields, the returns would be very low. 
the driver of returns is equity. So you are this diversifying the driver of returns behind your risk management component of the portfolio. It's just not dependent on yield curves or what the Fed does and whatnot. It's depending on a different source of return, the equity markets. Yeah. And so we created an index that basically helps achieve higher returns is focused on U.S. equities, large cap securities, focused on premiums that are normal, like the profitability premium, the equity premium, considering price of the securities. But as Doug was saying, in order to make it hedgeable at a reasonable cost, we have to incorporate a volatility control. Mm-hmm. All of us have been through times where the volatility of the market spikes. You know, 80%, if you remember, the big going extremely high in times of high anxiety in the market. Well, in those times, producing a hedge to manage the risk of a contract like this will be too expensive. So in order to to be as efficient and effective as possible, you want to have a volatility control. So the, the index mixes equities and fixed income in order to have a target volatility of around 10%. Mm-hmm. If you think about the volatility of the markets going being at 15% in good times, so you see the volatility of the index is a little bit lower than the market by mixing treasuries and equities, uh, but it's constant. So the target is to have it constant through time, no matter what happens in the equity markets. Why? Because that allows us to have a, a more cost-effective hedging strategy, and that allows for a better pricing when it comes to putting the derivatives that are the ones that are going to drive the returns behind the index. Yeah, so, Eduardo, that's a great point. And so, you know, one of the things we've tried to do at Security Benefit and with a vol-controlled index like this, we think um, we will be able to do is to be relatively consistent year over year in the participation rate that we set, uh, which kind of helps drive the returns for the end client. Because um, I think one of the things that um, we've talked about, David, and, and I've heard from from some of the consultants on the phones is, is a, a hesitation or an objection that registered investment advisors sometimes give toward these contracts is, um, boy, it's only set for a year, what's gonna happen in future That's years? Right. And, and, and I'm looking for consistency for my clients. And so we think in the way that we set up this index, um, you know, with the great work of Avantis and, and Barclays and, and helping us set it up and coming up with the index, because there's a, a, a strict kind of volatility control at a set level, we'll be able to set renewal rates on a relatively consistent basis and there shouldn't be a lot of bouncing around. So I yeah. just wanted to throw that in. That, 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 that's a point. Yeah. So. At Avantis and Security Benefit, DPL, Barclays, when we think about investment in Avantis, all we think the end client. How can we benefit the end client with what mm-hmm. the products that we put there, the investment solution? And then we think, how can that be used in an asset allocation that an advisor set up in order to have a better outcome from the client? And in this case, in the fixed index annuity, we thought, hey, it can be a very good fixed income replacement. It can help with the current interest rate environment. It can help with principal protection. In case of interest rates going up, you know, bonds will go down. This That's has right. principal protection disregarding if interest rates goes up. So it's, it's is be is, is a level of in, uh, principal protection beyond what you can get with regular bonds, and 
and we want to do is as efficient as possible because mm-hmm. you know this is a competitive environment. We want to be efficient so the advisor can deliver more value to their clients and the volatility control and the hedgeability of the index it was extremely important because uh, we want something that is absolutely implementable. Right, and we, but one of the good things uh, relative to this index and the product, and maybe you can talk about this a bit, Doug, is that the ten percent volatility control is relatively high you know, compared to the industry, and the importance you know to us is that leaves you with more you know exposure to Eduardo's strategy, right? So that's what people want. They want you know the assets invested in the strategy. They don't want a low volatility that gets you know pulled into cash. You know the moment the market starts moving a little bit. So you know talk about how like kind of that's enabled and you know we get a lot of questions too and I think this is related around what's the benefit when you remove the commission you know into into the annuity product and, and it provides some more budget so talk about how that affects the the index yeah great great point great point Dave so um, you know in, in a lot of the fixed indexed annuities that people would see out in the industry they tend to be sold through the uh, uh, commission channels and uh, that commission obviously doesn't come from thin air, <laughs> right? right. It's, it's paid out in advance by the insurance company and essentially earned back over over many years of, of having the product in force. Uh, so essentially what that does is it lowers the hedge budget or it lowers the amount that we can use mm-hmm. to spend on the derivative. Um, and Essentially, the higher the volatility, the more exposure you're going to get to the equity and the upside, mm-hmm. uh, but also the more expensive uh, the option is. So the beauty of the ClearLine product and what we've worked on you know, in developing the ClearLine product with you, David, is by keeping costs low and by stripping, amongst other things, the commission out. Mm-hmm. We actually have more to spend on the hedge budget and we're able to afford a higher volatility target, which over time we believe in the law of investing should give a better return to the end customer and, and should also uh, allow us to have exposure to the you know key engine that drives the returns, which is Eduardo's investment strategy and the equity side of the end. Right, and, and with this, it, it wasn't just the, you know, the higher volatility that we we're enabled, you know, that was enabled, you know, it's also, you know, relative to the types of, you know, options we're buying. We're not just buying, you know, price return, you know, options. So again, towards performance, why don't you, can you talk about the, you know, dividends and, and excess returns? Sure, sure. There's really three types of, of, of indices that are out there. Uh, one would be a price return index, and that's what you typically see Uh, For example, with uh, the use of the S&P index and fixed indexed annuities, what does the price return index mean? It really means it strips off the dividends before calculating the return to the end client. So, um, you know, if the S&P, you know, over the long run is in that, you know, eight to 10% range, let's say, uh, a good 2% of that today, I believe, is about the dividend level. So that 2% is kind of stripped right off of it. 
Um, typically that's done in the fixed indexed annuity world because of a lot of the combination of things we've just been talking about. They can be fairly expensive in the commission world and that will lower the hedge budget a bit. Uh, we're in a relatively low interest rate environment and that lowers the hedge budget a bit. And so the way to get at some kind of upside for the client and afford buying the derivative on the index is typically to strip that out and use a price return index. The second type of uh, index that can be used is a total return index, which is very similar to what I just talked about, but would actually have the 2% dividend included mm -hmm. in it. And then the third type, which is the type we've set up here, is kind of a, a nice, um, it kind of sits in between those two in some ways and it, it, because it gives you the total return of the index, but then it subtracts out a risk-free rate. It's called an excess return index. Mm -hmm. And why do I say that kind of gives us the best of both worlds? It does give you the dividend return back in the stocks that it, that, it, that Eduardo and Avantis uh, is picking through the uh, automated calculation and, and, and getting at you know, the equities that are going to be in the index. Uh, but then to keep the price of the option relatively reasonable and to keep the price of the option relatively stable, even as interest rates go up and down, there'll be a, a subtraction from the calculating the index return from a risk-free rate. So that's called an excess return. It gives us the total return of dividends, but then subtracts off a risk-free rate so it'll stay relatively stable even as mm -hmm. interest rates go up and down. So Eduardo, talk a little bit more about the actual investment strategy within the index. It's got a couple of components. It's got equities and fixed income. Yeah, fixed income. Let's, let's, just, let's just speak about this. So as Zach was saying, it's a volatility control index. So the moment that you have volatility control, you know that you not only you're going to have an equity component that produces growth, you're going to have a fixed income component that manages the volatility. So mm -hmm. the volatility in the market spikes, you have to increase a little bit the fixed income in order to still get the target volatility in your overall strategy. Let's speak about the equity component, how it works. So the equity component is, is US large caps, but we don't buy all the US large caps. We screen some out. If you think about the whole universe of large cap securities, some of them have higher expected returns, some of them lower expected returns. We focus on the 300 companies that we think have higher expected returns uh, of the US large cap universe. Uh, why we focus so much in large caps? Because that's a set of securities that the cost of hedging is reasonable. You know, you say, can you do this in micro caps? You can, but the cost of hedging will be too high. Mm -hmm. So large caps allows you to a reasonable cost of hedging, a good driver of returns, in particular after focusing on those securities that have high profitability and reasonable price, the ones that we pick out of the whole universe. And that allows us to keep a good driver of overall returns behind the index. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, what we're trying to compare is the is with the bond strategy. That's right. And so this is provides a much better driver of return than whatever you can get in the current yield strategy. Now, to manage the volatility, you get these 300 US large cap securities and mix it with the treasury portfolio. And the treasury portfolio is a two years, a five years, and 10 year treasury. And depending on the level of volatility in the market, you may have a higher allocation to the treasuries or a lower allocation to the treasury. A portfolio, and that gives you your 10% level of volatility. Mm -hmm. 
if if you think about back of the envelope, no, what what you get at that? Let's suppose that equity returns is around ten percent. On average, the exposure of this index to equities will be around. 80% um, you know, over a long period of time, or yeah. this is what you see historically. So, so the equity component should give you 80%, that is the allocation, of 10% average return, let's suppose, for the S&P 500 or large cap portfolio. So you are at 8%. Per, 8%. Now, you don't get the whole 8%. There is a participation rate. You get a fraction of that as the return inside the contract. And let's suppose that that is around 60% reasonable duck. Mm-hmm. So, so what you have is the equity component will contribute around 5% on expected returns, let's say, over a long period of time to uh, to the performance of the contract. Now, some years you will get more, some years you will get less, but you have your principal protection. But it's a different source of return, and it's more than what you get in fixed income, that is the 1% or 2% that we were speaking before. Right. Yeah? Now, on top of that, I didn't compute at all whatever the treasury component can add. And you know, it's going to add whatever it's going to add based on whatever is the yields at the time. Yeah. And so, but you see, you have a different source of returns that seems more attractive, at least on expectations, and can help an advisor portfolio. Right. And that's what we hear from advisors. They're, they're you know, looking for fixed income alternatives. And you know, that can send them pretty far astray you know, from some you know, traditional investments, uh, you know, looking at alternatives. But this is basically utilizing the, the structure of an insurance contract in order to provide you know, the, the downside risk and risk mitigation that you'd normally be looking at you know, for bonds or other fixed income investments, but a different source of returns, like you said, which which makes it great. You kind of get a little bit of best of both worlds. You're getting that downside protection structurally, you know, from the product while having a different driver of the returns. And so, you know, one of the things I'll chime in on is, you know, advisors who've historically been, you know, kind of anti-annuity. And this is probably, you know, when I first started talking to you, you probably weren't like thrilled to be hearing about a fixed index annuity. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of traditional concerns, you know, that advisors have. And really through the commission-free structure, we address, you know, pretty much all of those concerns. You know, number one, they think, okay, this is an annuity. It's going to be you know, expensive. You know, this isn't. You know, it's a fixed indexed you know, product. There's no direct expense unless you want an income rider added to it. It's a spread product, just like other fixed income. So you know, relative to the advisor, they understand how that works. You're simply looking at your, your risk. You know, what's the company's rating? What's the return you're getting? You know, what's the upside you know, relative to that? The other you know, thing that, that happens when you take the commission out is that now you enable a fee-only advisor to be able to bill on the asset, right? So it makes it a billable asset. There was no commission paid, which would make it taboo, you know, to bill to bill an asset under management fee on. But now you can bill on it, and really through a lot of our integrations you know, and through the you know, technology work that our carrier partners do, you know, we facilitate that. It's not only you're able to do it; it's actually very easy to do. You know, we're going to integrate into your portfolio management systems. You'll see the asset within the rest of your portfolio. You can bill on it like the rest of the assets in your portfolio. We take care of those things. 
Um, and then other things, you know, a lot of advisors with annuities, they always think annuity, I'm turning over my assets or my client's assets to the carrier, I'm never gonna see them again, right? It's, and that's not the case, you know, particularly, there's really two components, you know, to an annuity. There's the accumulation phase, you know, where you're still accumulating assets. And in this case, it's a fixed accumulation with, you know, equities driving the return with the index. And then you get to the income portion. And the income portion is when you know, people think they're losing their assets, but when you do it through a rider, that's not the case. So this is, you know, got a, you can always annuitize, but nobody does that, we know that. But it's got a terrific income rider, you know, on it. So after you can, you know, utilize the Avantis index to accumulate, you can turn on the income rider and talk, the income rider is really terrific. It's one of, you know, the best ones, you know, that we've got. And, you know, talk about, you know, how we develop that. It was a great lead in. <laughs> and, and I want to follow up with a couple of key points. And these are ones that, frankly, you helped our team build back a couple of years ago. We sat down with a goal of trying to work through challenges that advisors, registered investment advisors, and more specifically, fee-only fee registered investment right. advisors have with an annuity contract. Right. So let's let's lay out the challenges. Let's talk about them and let's specifically build a product that's put in place to mitigate and work through those challenges. And one you just mentioned is cost. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that comes up is the the expense. Right, implicit and explicit of an annuity. So by pulling the commission out, um, and then by focusing on this uh, guaranteed retirement rider, which again immediately flashes big dollar cost uh, in a lot of advisors' minds, and frankly, a lot of our competitors have products that have uh, fairly expensive riders. In this case, we said we're going to minimize and keep the cost down as low as possible, which is even more important as the interest rate environment has gotten more and more challenging over the last couple of years. As you said, Eduardo, you can only drive so much return out of the fixed side or the non-equity correlated side of somebody's allocation. So we built a guaranteed rider that costs 50 basis points, which more or less is roughly half of what we see most of our uh, competition co uh, costing. And we thought that that was important um, to make this uh, really fit the challenge that uh, a lot of advisors uh, have with annuities. Um, another thing, and you mentioned this too a bit, David, when you talk about annuitization, uh, one of the complaints that you heard that you brought to us is that advisors thought there was a real challenge with um, taking the money out, a pretty important component <laughs> at some point for most people that invest in an annuity. That's right. When they actually do retire or when they need some money for expenses, uh, it typically would be uh, a full kind of 1099 distributable event. And with annuities, non-qualified annuities, that typically comes as gains first. So in the early years, the after-tax payout to the client could be lower until they um, kind of burn through all their gains and it turns into return of principal. The way to combat that typically was to do something called annuitizing. Uh, and the challenge that advisors have and clients have with annuitizing is the account value goes away uh, and you're kind of trading in. And in some sense, if something happened to that individual in a lot of cases with annuitization, uh, early on, before even they got all their money back, poof, it was gone. Uh, and advisors didn't like that in working with clients. So 
um, we work to something called in, uh, income power, uh, which essentially, without annuitizing, without giving up your account value, with using our uh, guaranteed rider, you can actually take money out, the client can get payout, uh, and a portion of each one of those payout counts as gains, but a portion also counts as a return of principal. Yeah. So the effect is that the after-tax payout to the client, importantly in the early years, is higher than what you typically see uh, from a non-qualified annuity. And then the third challenge that you brought to us, David, is that a lot of annuities in their guarantee retirement payouts are flat dollar amount. Right. Uh, and that can be fine in a low inflationary environment for a very limited number of years. Um, the good news or bad news here is that people tend to live a lot longer in retirement and these things could be paying out for 20, 30, 40 years. That's why people use them in the first place. Right. Um, so we built in what we call the rising income rider, which allows the payout to grow each year and help offset against any of the uh, cost erosion that or purchasing power that would otherwise be eroded by inflation. So really by working closely with you and your team and you and your team every day talking to advisors about what the challenges are, we right. really tried to build a clear line annuity around those challenges and to help mitigate those challenges. For us, uh, no, you know, the first time I mentioned annuities, it's true, my, <laughs> my, my, my thing here was spiking. Right. Uh, but, right. but, you know, you, you started speaking with advisors uh, and say, okay, what's your challenge? And your challenge is the interest rate environment, really. Mm -hmm. Because if you do your Monte Carlo simulation going back in time, fixed income was providing 6% return. That's, That's right. the average over time. Yeah. And today, Six percent, they don't even close. You, know? <laughs> right. you, know, you get a, a percent or a couple of percent. It's it's amazing. No? But uh, and so you know, if you're an advisor and you want to get your six percent return for fixed income, you have to reach out to risky assets. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to lower credit or just weird structures that don't don't you you don't know what you get, like certain kind of loans, you know, private loans uh, packaged in different ways. And so that was not really the solution that advisors were wanted to, to take. They wanted a solution that really managed risk. Um, and, and fixing the annuity, basically, for me, was not an annuity. It was a legal structure. That's right. It was a legal That's structure right. that allowed us to put something in there that helps advisor achieve their goal. Correct. But the advisor was worried about, hey, will, can I use that in an asset allocation? But to see it in an asset allocation, I need to know the, the value of my investment through in that instrument yeah. uh, throughout its time. And that's solved. You guys solve that with your structure. You flow, for example, through Orion, and you can see in your portfolio management how much money you have there all that's days right. of the year. And the other concern is, hey, what about commissions and costs? And you say, well, no commissions in the problem. Okay, mm -hmm. problem is solved. Do, do solve. And the, the last one was, hey, what happens if my client dies the day after I put the money? I lost all this money. The insurance company runs with the money. Say, no, no, no. <laughs> they solve so that the money is a, has a value, so it goes back to the state and whatnot. And on top of that, then I learned, hey, you can get tax deferral. So That's when you right. buy a bond, you get taxes every year on, on whatever the income of that bond is. And here you don't get taxes. Hey, I'm not giving tax advice. I'm not an expert. My understanding is you get tax when when you take the money out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there were too many benefits inside this chassis, this structure, legal structure, that allow us to do something that is beneficial for the advisor and the client. And say, it's worth, it's worth paying 
close attention and trying to see. We should not uh, disregard technology, new technologies, because of the name. Right. We should look at the technology, no matter what's the name, and see if there is something of value for the client and the advisor. And there is something of value here. And so that's a, it's, right. it's worth embracing it. Yeah, yeah there's, well, uh, there, I mean, there's so much value to structures, right? I mean, you know, advisors know that. That's why they you know, create trust. That's why you yeah. use a 401k. That's why, you know, all of these different structures, you want to you know, be able to leverage them as an advisor. And annuity is just another structure. And it's a really good one when you've, you when you've It can be bad or good, depending what each city is. In this Correct. case, you guys structure something that is very interesting. So, so one, of the, one of the other things, Eduardo, we hear you know, questions about from advisors all the time is how do I fund it? How do I think about this? So we're saying it's a fixed income replacement, but one of the challenges advisors have, we've seen over the last number of years, while equity markets have been rising so much and fixed income markets really haven't been providing yield, is portfolios are way out of balance relative to where they've historically been. We're seeing 80-20 as a new norm rather than 60-40. So, you know, where, how do they think about you know, rebalancing that, that portfolio? How do they think about incorporating you know, this product in, into the you know, client portfolio? Yeah, look, uh, advisors are experts. I'm, I'm not an advisor, so I'm not an expert in, in, in helping end clients come with an asset allocation. But, you know, the advisors speak with the client based on their needs, based on their cash flows, based on their risk tolerance. The advisor comes with an asset allocation that is reasonable. But that asset allocation depends also on what, what level of return you can get from the components. And fixed income components have been very low in return. So it's, it's probably true that there has been a tilt towards more to equities. But let's suppose that you have an advisor that comes in you, David now you are a, a moderately aggressive if allocation fits your portfolio. So you are a 70-30, 70% fixed income, 70% equity, 30% fixed income uh, asset allocation person. And so, uh, so and 70% I buy fixed income uh, equities uh, like, like we provide equity ETF, you can buy them. And the 30% and say, well, okay, the 30% is there to manage the overall volatility and the, the downside risk of the portfolio. If equities go down, my job as an advisor is probably sell fixed income and buy more equities and maintain that uh, asset allocation. So opportunistically, I, I rebalance the portfolio back to fixed income or away from fixed income into equities. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the cont- this contract uh, helps uh, because the 30% that you have in fixed income it's not that you're going to sell everything to buy equities uh, at any point in time, because equities right. go down. You're going to sell a portion of that to buy equities, and equities go up. You're going to sell a portion of the equity to buy fixed income to bring it back to uh, the 30% allocation. So the allocations are they are not constant. The target is the target is constant, but the allocations are fluctuating. But the fluctuation is not a 30% fluctuation in a 30% fixed income allocation. The, the fluctuation is. 10%, mm-hmm. 12%, 15%, yeah, yep. something like that. So there is a fixed income component that is constant there, that is not moving too much, it's there. There is one that fluctuates, but one is constant. Yep. So this instrument is really, really good for that constant allocation. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it's a component that you really don't need to draw liquidity to go and buy more equities, see equities go down. You already have part of that, but the constant there is always there. Right. Yeah? So this this constant, since 
it has a liquidity constraint because you, you hold it for a, a longer period of time, but at the same time, it gives you higher returns. So for that constant component of the fixed income allocation, it gets you what you need without offering things that you don't need. And, and so you don't get the liquidity, but you get the higher returns. And the liquidity you get from the fixed income component that has higher opportunity costs, but they give you the liquidity. So advisors can get a very good asset allocation now with the equities, with the fixed income, and the FI, the fixed index annuity all together provide more value added to the client. And the client is better off, the advisor is better off. Yeah, and so with a lot of the data integrations that we do too, so we're you know we take data feeds from carriers like Security Benefit, and we provide you know data into the portfolio management systems. You can see the the annuity as part of the portfolio, which is yeah. really important. You know when you are thinking about rebalancing, and when you're thinking about what does my client portfolio looks like, it's not this you know separate holding you know anymore that it's just oh my annuity is held away over here I don't you know, I may not see it may not account for it it's really integrated into the whole thing and like you're talking about Eduardo it's just another structure yeah. in which that you can use you know to bring benefits to your client you have your pie chart there not that you have a pie pie here <laughs> and a right. slice over there you that's have your pie chart over there well, with all right. and another important component to it that I that, that I think is you know very important to it to a fee-only advisor, and maybe something that a lot of them that haven't been using annuities don't know is, you know, we fairly recently, and, and so have some of our competitors, get a private letter ruling yes. uh, from the IRS, which, which means for a non-qualified annuity, to the extent that you know, your fee, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, is paid out of the annuity, it had always traditionally been a taxable event, a right. 1099, with this private letter ruling that we fairly recently gotten. Um, under certain restrictions, basically, it's not a taxable event. It doesn't count as a distribution. And uh, it makes it so that fee-only uh, advisors can get paid by their clients you know, out of the annuity without creating an adverse tax consequence. And we thought that was a very important thing to be part of your program and to be part of the future here of, of offering annuities too. Yeah, it is. So advisors, we typically see when they're looking at annuities and billing on annuities, it's it's one of two ways. You know, they they want to, of course, include them under the assets under management. The question then becomes, do you want to take the fee directly out of the annuity, which the private letter ruling helps with from the tax point of view, but then also, you know, your support as a carrier from the technology side of enabling that really improved. And, and so that's pretty seamless at, at this point in time, or because of this integration that we do with the portfolio management system, you can just bill it you know, yeah, along with every other asset you have. You've got the option you know, as the advisor. Some advisors say, you know, I want to take it out of the annuity because I don't want it disproportionately. It looks like it's affecting the performance of the rest of my portfolio. You've got those options. If you'd rather just bill it centrally, you can do that. You want to bill it directly out of the annuity, you can do that too. And it's all you know seamless these days. Yeah. And, and a lot of this has changed right in the last few years. To your point, new technologies, better annuities, built for the fee-only advisor. It's, you know, as we say, it's not your, like the commercial says, it's not your <laughs> father's Buick, right? This isn't right. your father's annuity. There's been a lot of changes in there that make them a very pro-consumer and B, very pro fee only advisor and a much better tool for them to use. 
at DPL, one of our driving premises is to help the modernization of annuities and insurance by eliminating commissions, making them usable in you know a usable product category for fee-only advisors you know, who've never been able to utilize these products in their practice. So there's a big education component to it, but it's and it's kind of on both sides of the market, working with carriers to help translate the needs of the fee-only advisor, and then also bringing in strategists like Wardo and you know, Avantis and asset managers that RIAs are used to and trust and and you know understand. Um, so it's a you know it's it's a process you know that that we go through, but it really you know helps ultimately the end consumer. You know, we look at it as, you know, not only are we driving the commissions out to help, you know, reduce product pricing, we're bringing fiduciaries into the equation so that we've got fiduciary implementation of the products as well as the better pricing through the elimination of the commission. So that's one part. And then this is really exciting to me because it's the next level. It's now let's start bringing some investment options into it that are driven and built to the same goal, low cost, consumer focused, working with you know RIAs and so the joint effort has been you know really exciting to me. Really excited to get it to market and you know appreciate everyone's efforts on it. You know, and it did take a while, but that's you know, and we all want to get to market. But the thing is it was all for good reason. You know, we we spent a lot of time collectively along with Barclays working to drive costs out to get the volatility measures right, to get the right mix of investments so that we're delivering ultimately consumer value. Do you guys want to wrap up on some thoughts you know, relative to that? Yeah, look, as I mentioned before, you see, we're always trying to listen to what the advisor needs. The advisor is out there in front of, in the trenches, working with the client, trying to achieve a good outcome so the client can get good retirement or can get whatever they, they achieve their goal, financial goal, as as as. as, as good as possible. And so we're always listening. We're trying to see what can we bring to the market that can help them help their clients. We're always mm-hmm. about helping the advisor help their clients. And, uh, and what we discovered through interaction with both of you is that the fixed index annuity as a structure allows us to deliver something of value for the client. About allows us something that overcome the objections that people had about annuities mm-hmm. uh, because of the benefits that you put there that we spoke before, no commissions and come value, uh, ability to use an asset allocation, path through in order to see it in the portfolio and uh, whatnot. But also achieves us an alternative to fixed income. And that's mm-hmm. a big concern that advisors are having today. And it's, it's not that you're going to replace all the fixed income because you need some fixed income for liquidity, but the big portion of the fixed income that you don't need daily liquidity can be invested here and achieve better outcomes. And for that, that, that was a service. It's our obligation to go to the market and try to find all these things and structure the best way possible so those advisors can provide value added to their clients. And we take it seriously. And so we are proud of being part of this and proud of working with you guys. Yeah, and we definitely appreciate it. The education part on getting advisors over the A word, as some of our friends say, you know, the annuity word. But you know, again, it's just a stru- it's just a structure, and it's a valuable structure you know, that provides tax deferral, provides this downside protection in the case of the fixed index. And you know, when you're building a value driven product for the client, it's really a useful tool. And so we always try to implore advisors, you know, forget what forget what you thought you knew 
about annuities, evaluate the structure and, and tell us whether you think this is useful. Think about this. Uh, advisors start using mutual funds or individual stocks, and, and, and then ETF structure came to market, and ETF provides advantages mm. that you cannot That's find right. in mutual funds, or you cannot buy an SMA. And a lot of that is structuring tax advantage and whatnot, but it's a different thing, but you know, it provides benefit. And if you see today, you know, most of the money is flowing ETF, not into mutual funds. Mutual funds in net outflows, ETF in net inflows. And so if we're shy about technologies, we were not going to embrace that one. And I think that there is something similar here. And then the name, forget about the name, was for just think about the structure and how the legal opportunity, the, the regulatory opportunity allows to deliver something that is of value. And, and that's what we're embracing. It's the regulatory opportunity, like the regulatory opportunity with ETF allows us to provide something of value. And we think the same. And in the future, will be some other uh, structure that will provide value in some other context for advisors, and we will embrace it. There is right. no point not to. Yeah, right. absolutely. What I would say in wrap up, kind of from security benefit standpoint, David, is, you know, A, we're, we're thrilled to be able to bring uh, an equity shop like Eduardo's that knows and understands the fee-only RIA market to uh, a fixed index product. We're, th we're thrilled to be able to bring them together with Barclays, who in our mind is you know one of the best out there in terms of hedging and structuring these so we can minimize the cost of hedging. And that was a lot of the time we spent in bringing this to market. But every basis point is important. And we know every basis right. point is, is important in this low interest rate environment for you know advisors clients so that's super important to us and then the third thing we haven't even really talked much about the kind of lifetime guarantee that you can get off the back right. end of our of our clearline product we talked about it being low cost and simple and have a rising component to help fight inflation um, but you know some of the implicit things that come with that so Eduardo you talked about a 70 30 mix of a moderately aggressive uh, investor. Yep. Well, without something like this lifetime guarantee, oftentimes that 70-30 split would likely change over time mm -hmm. as the client uh, is no longer earning money and in retirement and can't afford a hit to their portfolio. It might slip, it might move to 60-40 or 50-50. Well, with the guarantee on the back end of a fixed indexed annuity, there might be, again, I'm not the expert like Eduardo said, but, but you know, there might be the opportunity to keep your client uh, at that 70-30 level for a little bit longer because right. you know you've got the back end covered even if your client lives to 95, 100, or 105. And so uh, we think that's an important component of what we're bringing. I think, I, I think you're right. The longevity risk is out there and what you're doing is commingle that longevity risk for the benefit of whoever lives longer. And so it's, 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 it's very important. Yeah, and there's there's lots of academic study on that, right? You know, Not only from the psychological benefits and behavioral benefits. We hear from advisors, you know, like a couple of years ago, right, when COVID struck and the markets got really volatile, the planning benefits relative to bringing fixed income. David Blanchett always has got a new piece looking at different ways of, of looking at or, or, or Wade foul, but it also gives you the ability because you've got that fixed income, that income stream that your client's not going to outlive. It does it so efficiently through the risk pooling right now that you don't need as many assets 
in the annuity to generate and meet your client's income need, leaving you more assets to go into the equity portion of the portfolio. So there, there are just so many benefits. And the thing I would just say you know, to the advisors you know, who listen is contact your DPL consultant. You know, get in touch with your consultant. We take you through all of this. We can help you integrate with the plan. We can help you think about that, how you think about utilizing the, the annuity within your financial plan or your portfolio. We've got technology that can help you model this. We've got all the support you need in order to bring this kind of to life for your practice. We've done it with over a thousand firms in the RA market. We're expert at helping you integrate annuities. We know it's a new thing. It's a new product, but it means also new processes and new ways of you know, how do you integrate? How do you, you know, build this into portfolios? You know, contact your DPL consultant. They're going to be a tremendous resource for you. Thank you both very much. It's been great actually to do this in person so much better than doing it over zoom yes. I, I think what do they call zoom fatigue i've definitely got zoom fatigue myself and so it's, it's energizing to see you guys in person thanks again for your support we're so excited to get this you know, to market it's going to be very helpful to advisors and their clients thank you both thank you very much thank you the thanks, pleasure David. thanks for listening to hear more episodes go to dplfp.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app